0: Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined by Vance. Hi, Vance. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm well. You're well. That's that's excellent. So we're gonna be having a fun filled show today. Vance and I, we're batching it, I guess you could say.
1: We are batching it. Um very
0: <laughs> more awesome energy you're bringing that you're bringing it from uh Brandon's <laughs> podcast last week when, when no, you silly. gave me that one word wow <laughs> wow wow, all right i'm sorry okay i'll get
1: the, I, I just got off the water, you know, so it's an all day thing here
0: you're getting your land legs back
1: I am I think I'm on water more than land.
0: I don't think that, that's the case, but I think it's a, it's, it's, higher ratio than a lot of people that I know.
1: Well, say if I like, say if I'm doing like an eight to five and then a five to nine at night, you know, there's what is that? 11 hours. Check my math.
0: No, that's 13.
1: Okay. God, so, so it, with, idiot. with that,
0: with that ratio in that day, you would have more hours on water than you would on land. Now, do you, you know, sometimes stop for lunch and what have you? I mean, you're probably pretty close to a 50-50, but every day are you doing a double? No. I mean... No, I
1: was, I was there for a couple of weeks in, in June and July, you know, but uh, regardless, yeah, I'm getting my land legs back, back and the enthusiasm I... just is just through the roof.
0: <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Man, it, it feels like you're going to run through a wall.
1: Oh, no question. Okay. I wouldn't do that though for our uh well known sound quality.
0: Yes. And and once you break through that wall, I want you to go, Oh yeah. Like I will. The Kool Aid Man. The Kool Aid yes. Man. There's awesome commercials back in the day. Dane Cook had a very funny skit about that. Um I didn't see that one. You didn't see that? Oh gosh, that no, might have been terrible. He kinda ago died there. off. He was hot for a while and then yeah, he just literally fell off the face of the earth.
1: He was, yeah. You know, whatever, you know. That's what happens. People fall off the face of the earth. Yes, but we,
0: tell me about this.
1: Uh, well, actually, I, I was going to go into a plug, but we haven't. We didn't even hit our own yet.
0: Well, that's okay. We can go out of order. I know it. Most of the time. I, I had
1: I had nothing.
0: <laughs> Our professionalism is I right had, up with your enthusiasm. <laughs> I, I had
1: nothing to go with, like, something falling off the face of the earth. And I was like, but if you fish out of a boat, you know, it'll float. <laughs> I don't know. If you're a flat earther.
0: When you hit I, that I, ice I, rim, you can at least <laughs> turn around. <laughs> and guess what? You could be inside of a ranger boat. And you'll ranger be high, high and dry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. All right. Hit, hit, how's uh our company doing? Oh,
0: well, other than having no inventory and no time to make that, <laughs> we're, we're fantastic. Wow. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> we're rich any other questions you want <laughs> let's just be honest here I, I'm like a couple <laughs> days away from replenishing rod holder inventory but if I have a bad run in the next couple of days I'm going to be breaking news to people <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, is I'll get people sliding in here and <laughs> And they're like, ooh, look at these baits. I'm like, yeah, except they're sold. And they're like, all of these? And I'm like, yeah, talk to Jeff at Team Rhino. Those aren't yours or mine. They're his, but I'm holding them until I get the other 4,000 ready for them.
1: We're screwed.
0: We are. And it's... We are
1: so screwed. <laughs> that's, the th- that's, that's the tough thing about... Uh about keeping up with everything you know the years go by so fast it seems i mean it's already it's the end of august and the season's going to be over very fast i've already opened up 2020 books people are booking them for 2020 and i'm like oh my god we're gonna hunt for a couple weeks and then it's the the holidays and we have the the shows are right out of the gates i mean I you know I'm I'm pretty sure like the Ohio show and stuff is going to be the first show of the season. I, I mean, look, I,
0: I'm going to be honest. I mean, I'll just break this to you right now. We might not have any hard baits.
1: Well, that's what that's that's just killer. I mean, because
0: I mean, Todd, it, and, it, I up, it,
1: Todd and I are up here every day, and you're back there on your own, and we try our best to like disaster plan in may and, and, and try and recoup a little bit, but it's just like these the summers are just butt kickers and they go so fast. And then all of a sudden we need blanks well, I for mean, these it, shows and it's just forget about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the digging out of a hole. And I, I mean, I guess looking back, you know, early on it was easy to have inventory. I have photos of, I, rem- I remember that. There might have been I remember coming over 16 like, wow. colors. Yeah. 16 colors of every size of hard bait, every style Wildness. of hard bait. And they were 10 to 12 deep. Mm-hmm. So, what is that? That's, you know, that's two. I mean, that was close to. And then I had soft baits too. So, I had probably close to 800 to 1,000 in inventory of baits. Mm hmm. I'm half tempted to turn my my inventory closet back into a closet closet because I just know those pegs (laughs) aren't going to get filled.
1: Yeah, you bought enough crossbows, so...
0: Well, I I don't want to break down all the crossbow stuff, but yeah, I have... I I, I currently, if anyone's wondering, I have six crossbows that I paid retail for zero of them, and some of them were freebies. If anyone's wondering, you just... It's like a cat, and you're lonely. Uh, You you (laughs) just don't get one. All of a sudden, they just show up, and then... You're right. this crazy cat woman in New Jersey. You spent like
1: half of a season like perfectly sanding this stock for your crossbow. And then you just went out and bought three more. Like, I think that I liked this one better.
0: Well, I mean, I didn't necessarily bought, they, they showed up They're They're the member. They're the feral cats that you try okay. to, you try to tame.
1: Just in case a wife was listening. They just kind of showed up. They did. They but, were not purchased, I know I know how they were,
0: yeah, so, they were. but you know you're right, but keep in mind that 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 bow is the first one. that one is up to bat i've okay. been I've been going through and getting prepared here for the following week or two, and that is still the the number one go to, but I do have a new on deck bow, so mm-hmm.
1: uh, well, anyway, in conclusion, we have to bust our tail make sure we have hard baits for some shows and it's okay uh that if we don't you know we'll have some try to have some show colors and it'll be a small inventory which is fine um and i i think we'll be like really ready to go um for the pennsylvania Muskie max which is um
0: seven eight
1: march yep seventh and eighth at prince Cape arena same place as last year it's a really nice show. Uh, I implore anybody to come out to that uh, kid-oriented, uh, excellent bait makers there.
0: Family-oriented,
1: F- yeah, kid-oriented, fam- family-oriented. It's in a nice facility. You're not going to beat that floor if you're a vendor. Um,
0: it's, it's fantastic.
1: On, yeah, it's on uh, field turf essentially. Uh, so it's it's really nice and you know we played football on it last year i remember that um so check that out march 7th and 8th come come see us uh we'll be doing seminars uh things of that nature i'll probably do something from the boat um check that out We're, they're great bait makers there um would you be in front th- of the ranger i would be in front of the ranger
0: okay i brought that one up
1: just has not not been in a while baker lures, which is a big uh, sponsor to this show and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. He's going to be there. Um, you know, Wiley's, all those other, all, all, the whole 79 belt, essentially where trolling uh, came from and was perfected, in my opinion. Uh, all those bait builders are going to be there. Um, so check that out. Great place. Great show. Uh, big shout out to the Parties. It's our favorite show. Um, it's small packs a punch and, uh, make sure you get there.
0: Excellent. And I might as well at least tidy up that awful plug we did for ourselves. So fat AZ musky products, you know, I still have rod holders. I'm still setting up boats almost daily, working with people, special, you know, special projects just to meet their needs. It's not a big deal. You know, I'm not even going to at this point in time take orders for hard baits. It's 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 too far gone. I mean, it's just like you know the, the, the horse has, has been beaten so much; it's still dead. So <laughs> you I, said I, you were gonna
1: like make a better plug about us.
0: I know, but I, I want to at least be honest with that. I mean, the, <laughs> okay, we're so I have, failed miserably, right yeah, there.
1: Yeah, you did. You just like reverted back to the negativity. We're gonna have great swimmers
0: and we swimmers.
1: Are. uh I poured a ton of them
0: and you're picking uh, up the airbrush, right?
1: We, but, uh, then we'll just have inventory again. Um, <laughs> because Nobody will buy them, but uh, yeah, eventually that's going to happen down the road. Not so, uh, not so suddenly, but uh, we'll have a ton of uh, swimmers, stock colors, uh, fun glitter colors. And you know, we've been getting pictures of on, from those swimmers, uh, and it's just been great. You know, They're, they've they've been producing. We always knew they produced. Uh, that's why that's what we throw when we throw rubber. Um, so, at least you have that to look forward to.
0: Yeah, I mean, at, the other thing you can shows. look to, to kind of put an upbeat spin on that. Something else you can look forward to is not having any hard baits around and just having to wait forever while I work my fingers to the. That was a joke. That was Excellent. a joke. I wanted to pull you down.
1: Right, right back to the negativity. We'll have rod holders. We're, I, I, the type of people we are, we're gonna, we're gonna be. We'll have a good display for the season. Absolutely. The season. I guarantee it.
0: It's going to be hard for Ohio if, if that's even still on the table with what's left. But we're going to see say- what. what? Can't we just stay up on this? No, we're gonna I, I, I got to be honest since... with everyone out there. It's looking bleak. <laughs> the light is getting <laughs> dim. <laughs> All right. Anyway,
1: another reason to come out to the shows Muddy Creek Fishing Guides will be there. Uh, get a hold of us for uh, 2020 coming up. Uh, come see us at the booths.
0: Good old Barbara Walters, huh? 2020.
1: <laughs> um, we have you know we have about 10 more days in the season we can do in october uh, between todd and myself uh, and we'll go into that early november um weather depending and uh you know fishing's been great all year um so come check us out we'll do our best to get you on some fish cast and trolling whatever it takes uh you'll be fishing out of ranger boats um, big shout out to them for sponsoring this show in Muddy Creek Fishing Guides uh, and Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Uh, big shout out to them for sponsoring both of the companies. If you have any boating needs, check them out. They're fishermen who set up boats the right way. Uh, you know my history with boats um, and they always take care of me. So check them out. Winterization service. Uh, if you're in. Buying a new boat for the spring, give them a fair shake. They got a used inventory. They got StarCraft, Star Welds, and the Ranger boat. Check them out. Also coming out fishing with us. We run a line of the best rods on earth.
0: Saint, Saint Croix.
1: St. rods. Unbelievable. Service warranty. I haven't broke any of their mojo trolling series. I'm I'm uh I'm quite impressed with them. They are; they can take a beating, and I, I did break three rods, none of them being uh, the trolling series. Um, but they take a beating. I really like them. I think they're worth the investment. They're a bit cumbersome. They're they're a bit longer, than nines and ten footers. Um, but that's just to widen your spread out there. They're they're nice. Uh, so check those out. Give them a fair shake if you're in the rod market. Uh, they got a great warranty. Like I said, we love them. We use them. I certainly break them and abuse them, so check them out.
0: All right, and last one is Muskie's Inc. I believe there's, well, we have the uh, Beast of the East tournament coming up, Muskie's Inc. That is Chapter 64, Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance Fly Fishing Only Tournament. And we're going to be getting closer to where I'm going to get some more details. I might even get someone from that uh, that chapter on to talk a little bit more about that. That'll be good because we're entering September really quickly now. And I believe that tournament is October 4th, if memory serves me correctly. Um, mm-hmm. Fly Fisherman, if you want a challenge, uh, this is a good one. It is your tournament. So be sure to look that up at their website. All the rules and information is there but you know there's clubs all over the place join your local chapter you can have input on stuff you know your your chapter can help the local DNR fish commission whatever it's called in your state help change regulations you can uh, provide you know a little bit of more oomph than just writing an email you actually have some uh, some weight you you can you can kind of, you know, help sway these decisions. You can help stock the fish. Not that you can't otherwise, but it's, if you're a Muskie's Inc. member, I mean, these people are welcome, um, I guess, helping hands, I guess, for lack of a better term. You can just, you know, you get there, you learn, you make friends, you have fishing buddies, share information, the lunge log, you get the, the periodical six times a year. It's great, great stuff. You have the little contest and what have you. We've talked about it a lot but we can't stress enough. It's important. 45 bucks a year. Just join it. A lot of baits now. That's probably the average price of a bait. So do it and just, you know, reap the benefits of it. Yeah,
1: it's all about the future. I mean, we just had a podcast from, you know, Bryce in Utah about how his chapter is helping uh, immensely with the stocking of of their Utah reservoirs. Uh, That stuff just doesn't come out of the blue. Um, and we're small it's a niche market and you need all the help you can get, uh, in that respect, uh, to keep the future of the muskies going on. So it could be passed down generation to generation to continue to have good fishery. So check them out. It's worth it.
0: Perfect. All right. How has, do you feel Vance that since it's late August and at least where we're at, we've had what I feel is whether that's two or three weeks early for the last I don't know, a cold two, front two weeks. I mean, but it's like a, it's a beautiful, by, by cold front, it's a beautiful cold front. It's, it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, high it's, it's, to it's, it's 70, 75. It's it, your
1: comfort. It's your comfortable fishing weather.
0: Yes. It's perfect.
1: But it's not comfortable when I'm like, continue I'm on the lake every day and I still think it's summer and I go out there in shorts and a t-shirt and I'm like what the hell did I do
0: you made a personal mistake so that's not on me
1: yeah you're, exactly um but yeah I couldn't agree with you more we, it's it's two or three weeks early you know it, it it's wasn't there something said that early setting I think it was like Booker that said it fish starts staging like in August like it's early fall or something
0: well I remember I watched this one show with uh, it was the Linder brothers and they uh, were they were saying something that they feel that um and I'm gonna I might quote this wrong it's been a long time that the full moon in August is kind of like that is the line where it's starting to it's now phasing Sounds. to the fall patterns. Very neat. Now and, I don't know if that's like if you have a full moon on the first, I have a feeling if there's two full moons in August, it's going to be the second full moon. Yeah. So
1: well so in continuation with that, like how it's been um like early fall almost. I mean you're you we wake up it's like fifty some degrees and then it gets to seventy even you got some wind going so it's a bit cool very comfortable fishing what happens on uh, lake chautauqua a couple times a year there's usually like a summer bug hatch and then there's a fall bug hatch Uh, and the bugs are i think they're mayflies they're coming up from the lake bottom and that hit twice this year already and i thought that this bug hatch should happen now currently happening it's right on the end of it um but it's been happening like the last week so we're on the on the latter part of it that usually doesn't happen until like september and we would see that i just remember seeing like going up the lake or it being night out like nighttime out and you could just you could barely see people's lights because there were so many uh bugs uh, on them but it's happening right now and uh that was another indication where I was like, man, this is like, gosh, summer is just like done. It's over.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, Tuesday, it's just gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. Um, but you know, you know, the thing is like when I, when I would do my, um, fall, my little, my favorite fall fishing and like you were saying, I don't know, there's always something that like I would, I would drive the boat back at dusk and I would put on clear safety glasses. Because I was just catching stuff all you know, last thing I want to do on the creek going full throttle is oh look, I caught a bug in the eye and now I didn't drift over and I run it ashore or hit this giant submerged log. And yeah,
1: I I felt that in the tiller all the time.
0: Yeah, I just you know. that that to me that's like the number one thing is you and and that stemmed from my motorcycle days when I would I had a a tinted visor on my helmet, and it would be oh it's dusk out visor up safety glasses on and you just learn to keep your lips sealed a little tight because you're just gonna get mm-hmm. creamed. But mm-hmm. so you got this bug hatch going, which is another thing is is like so these bugs, other than like seeing them on the lake, and this is my gripe with these bugs: where do they go when they like leave? And why do they have to, like, make their eggs in the mud in the bottom of the lake? Isn't there, like, a more efficient place to put them? This bug might live for four days. It might live for six if it, like, I don't know, put them in the grass and they don't have to swim to the top.
1: Yeah, it's incredible uh, to see that. On the grass, you can see it. Okay. You can can see these, like, the bugs at the bottom of the lake. And... And, and then you see them on the surface as well, like dead. And you're just like, I was like, what the heck is all this stuff? And then they get crushed in your islets and you start seeing seagulls and all other types of birds just chilling on the lake, eating them up. Um, right in August. Yeah,
0: uh, what What's the point of these bugs?
1: I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what they do for the ecosystem, you know what I'm saying? Other
0: than provide endless food and just annoyance. Match
1: oh. the hatch. It it actually it actually triggered a bite for me. when I was paying attention to these bugs, okay, because I think that the I think fish go and feed on them too.
0: Oh, I mean, they'd be dumb if they didn't, unless they're poisonous. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I hope they're not, because I ate like a thousand of them this year already. Like, if there's like no wind, they just crush you.
0: <laughs> so you just hit but... them like a bullfrog. Yeah. So like, you, you know, you see
1: this bug hatch and I'm just like, man, those just things are all the way there. That, that like that's bugs. Okay. And that's, that's bait right there. You can see the difference on your graphs. I'm like, that's just incre- incredible. So I was following these like bug lines and it led me to uh, adjust depths, um, high or low and uh, put fish in the boat. And I was off of this bug hatch for for a minute. It was, it was crazy. Cause I was like, okay, I caught fish this way for X amount of days and I'm not doing it anymore. What the heck is going on? I'm like, what is that stuff on the screen here? Okay, let me uh, adjust my trolling, you, you know, my trolling depths. And uh, sure enough, later in the day, it's they started firing again. So um, interesting to pay attention to bug hatches.
0: Yeah, it, it it's it's those little those little details that can just literally slip by slip by you and you know, it can turn a okay, a poor day into average to above average to a fantastic. You know, there's just you know, that was the one like thing that I I tried to do. I would I had limited success, but it's it's hard to measure it when you're really when you're trying to quantify something in nature and I, I had a day where like one hundred acre black cloud on a bluebird day blocked the sun for like 10 or 15 minutes. And all of a sudden it just triggered this flurry of activity. That's like one of those ones that stick in your mind. You're like, Oh my gosh, this actually worked. Yeah. And, and it's like, so and, like, you,
1: and you can, you can bank it for, you know, later. Yep, exactly. And, uh, so- let me like just pick there's a ton of bugs that happened on They're gone now, but through through that, I had a lot of trolling trips, and uh they get so uh, populated in the water that they literally build up on your islets, and it is a struggle sometimes to. Reel the line. In. There's that many on there.
0: They're like smoking. You're like starting fire the old-fashioned way.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's like that. They 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 build up on those eyelets and they just completely cake the t- thing. So you're like reeling it in. There's so much resistance. You're like, my God. So you have to go through it. And like I usually use, you know, like a, a stick or one of my hook sharpeners, and I'm like poking this like softball-sized bug mat out of my rods.
0: It's almost like ice building up on your eyelets.
1: It is. Yeah. It is. Maybe instead of your, you know, your heat, that heat electric eyelet thing you did, Mm -hmm. you could put, like, make one for me with some DEET.
0: Some DEET. I was thinking, like, that blue zapper light that was very popular in the 80s and 90s. That would work well in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but...
1: So that was, uh, you know, fall is here. That was a just like an an indication, uh, and you, it's it's neat to see the the fall come around. Of course, you could tell on Chautauqua Lake on a uh, highly populated lake with with a ton of pleasure boaters. Um, you know, Memo- labor or labor, Day, labor Day is coming up, and fishermen have to love that. You know, you know that people pretty much are done on the lake. It's a great time to fish in the fall. It's another positive. It's, it's like, you know what it's really called when you start seeing these things like a bug hatch and like, you know, docks getting pulled. I think it's relational memory, maybe, um, that just gets you ready for fall and kind of like rejuvenated and excited, uh, to fish a different way, a different style. Um, and I'm I'm certainly looking forward to the next couple months here.
0: Yeah, I'm. You know, I kind of go through um, my summer phases that I've talked about on the show in the past. Early early summer, the peepers transitions into lightning bugs. Once the lightning bugs quit, you got the crickets going. We're dead solid into crickets. No doubt. So, you know, there's just, you just know that stuff is coming to change. But like, you know, the last couple of years, August used to be my most dreaded month. That was the one that always seems to be the driest and the hottest. And it's kind of not being that way just from recent memory. I'm sure that it's hitting all the averages. Um, But just what I'm thinking right now, that July seems to be a little more dry or a little more hotter August seems to be tame, and then September just comes back and kicks your butt. Mid-80 temperatures and completely, you know, out of realistic what September should be. It'll screw you up for hunting. And it's just, like, I remember it, you know, like, the last couple years, I would say, our September and August had switched. You know, this should be mid-September weather right now. Now, granted, we're going to be entering early September here soon. But it's just, you know, it's, it is it is what it is. You can't control it. But it's also a little bit sad that we're we're seeing summer fade away. Because there is... Oh, sir Yeah. It's, as much as I complain about the heat and the sun and all this and that, there's that hour and a half, two hours at night when that sun's getting low that it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's, I'm, I look, I, fall's my favorite season by far, but it's still, it's one of those, man, where where did this go? And There's just like, I think it might be like something in the DNA, just like, yeah, we like it when it's easy, and summer's easy. There's plenty, you know, I guess primarily you're just like, hey, yeah, everything's green, everything's lush, there's a lot of everything, this is a time to get fat because it's going to start sucking soon. It's time
1: to get fat.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you think about like all the animals, you know, get fat for the winter.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, okay, I thought you said get fat in summer.
0: Well, yeah. You you get fat for the winter, and that starts in summer.
1: <laughs> I, I get yes. Okay.
0: Okay, but you know, it's just it's one of these things. Like I'm starting to be a little bit sad about it. I mean, I kind of wish that I would have done some stuff a little different, but I accomplished a lot. But you know, it's it's still it's it's all good. It's just it's it's turning of a page and you know, you get complacent almost.
1: Yeah, I sort I hate the winter. <laughs> I, I don't want that to come I don't want that to come around.
0: Why? You you love driving in it?
1: I hate it. I do it a lot. Yeah.
0: But um have have you noticed any different fishing trends, you know, in the last week or so as compared to, you know, maybe a month ago? Is the trolling bite getting better? You, you know, the weeds changing out. You know,
1: I mean, the trolling bite has been good for me all, all season, but that comes with time on the water. You know, the the tell was was this bug hatch for me. That was a that was a tell where I needed to change some things up uh, to have that continued success. Um, but that all comes with time on the water. Uh, there's things that I'm looking forward to in the fall that that are, you know. I'm, revert back to that relational memory when I say, okay, it's time to do this tactic, uh, to start catching fish. You know, there was, there was a time in October where we just, it was like a flick of a switch and we just annihilated them on raptors. I was like, I think this is the day we're going to do it. Let's head in this this area. And, and they were fish were everywhere. Um, So I'm looking forward to uh, that. I can't wait to do that, actually. You kind of get complacent, as you were saying, uh, on a tactic that you're doing in the summer. And it's now time to transition into early fall and use early fall tactics uh, to have continued success on the lake. And I'm looking forward to that and so are the people uh, that are coming out, you know.
0: Yeah. It it's it's weird, you know. We're we're like a couple of days away from, you know, the Labor Day weekend. And that's like the unofficial end of summer. And all uh, you know, every kid I know has gone back to school already. I don't know what, you know, New York schools do. But you know, it's still it's one of these the lake should be emptier. Does it seem like there's oh, yeah. less, you know, density of boats?
1: Oh yeah. It's already starting. I mean, people don't want to go out there and drive around at 90 mile an hour in a cigarette boat when it's 65 degrees in the morning.
0: I'm going to tell you what, those engines run good though.
1: They run faster.
0: They it's do. colder. They do. It's interesting. What's the water temperature been doing? Uh, there was, you know, it's like 72. Holy smoke. What, what did it like get up to? Like you hit a warm pocket at the warmest time.
1: At the warmest time, it would be like 78 in the morning. And then you would creep to 80 for maybe like a couple hours at noon. And then it would die back down to like 78, 77 in the, uh, in the evenings. Yeah. On this lake, but it was like a period of two weeks, if that. It was so nice, <laughs> you know,
0: because you know, I obviously it, it's late for the you know the the high temperature you know talk, and and we covered that pretty good last year with that with Kevin Jobs. Um, anyone wants to reference that? It, it was a very interesting listen. But it was the the thing that you know I look at here because you said in the morning it'd be seventy eight, you'd get eighty midday, and you'd be right back to 78. So it almost makes me wonder. I mean, obviously, we know that the lake stratifies some. You're not going to have 78 completely throughout the entire system in the morning, and then the entire system, all 17 trillion billion gallons, go up two degrees, and then Mm -hmm. it drops two degrees in a matter of hours. Yeah. And so is it really like, Your transducer might be, what, 18 inches, two foot below the surface?
1: Uh, Not even that. I mean, maybe. Yeah,
0: so it's like, so that's that's your point of of reading, the the water temperature. So if it's, and it's just something that I I still like to ponder. If it's scratching 80, if you go down another foot, what's that temperature? And like, if you're in six foot of water casting in weeds let's just say three foot down what's the water temperature
1: i know when i jump in it's freezing like hey it's warm boom it's like a almost like a solar cover on your pool you know you jump in it's like the first 10 inches are warm and then the rest of it's just cold and you jump right back out
0: you 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 like lay as flat as possible on the surface
1: (laughs) yeah try to float um something interesting they were doing i I think there was a test going on on chautauqua lake where there is like in these deep holes there's a essentially like a string with a thermometer on it so it's uh shooting back data and how on water temperatures there there's one at long point and then there's one up at, at a deeper hole in chautauqua and uh I think it was like a Chapter 69 thing. I'm not sure. You can't quote me on it, but um, maybe the DCNR, I think, really did it. Uh, just to see what the temperature of the lake was.
0: Do you know any findings or you just knew something was going on?
1: I know something is going on. I think there's going to be findings at the end of the year. Uh, you a know, report put out. Yeah should is an interesting place, highest natural body of water. It doesn't heat up like other places, which is really, really nice. Um, you know, it might be 90 degrees in a Pennsylvania reservoir and it's going to be 75 up here. It's underground spring fed and tributary fed uh, fed. So, um, it, it, and it, it flows, you know, so there it's, that's, what's nice about it. You know, the, the hot water temperature topic on Chautauqua Lake only lasted about two weeks. Um, and during that, during that couple weeks, I like get, you know, some days are 75. And then if you had like a blazing hot day, it would get to what we talked about, 78, 80, and then back down. Um, and that's just another nice thing about a natural lake that houses millions of fish, you know, it's just, Neat to see. I'm, I'm interested to see like how cold it is down in those deep holes and stuff, uh, um, and what's going on down there.
0: Yeah, what if they found like a tip of like a glacier down there?
1: That would be awesome. It is a glacier lake, you know. That would be
0: it's incredible. Been, it's been hanging out for ten thousand years. <laughs> yeah, it would, It'd be, we'll it's, it's hanging with the bloodworms. Inside joke.
1: You know that I did find a bloodworm.
0: At the bottom of the lake because of the of the. Uh, I, didn't. Fields? I send
1: you a. Didn't I send you a picture?
0: I think you might have.
1: Like this was one of the times where I was fighting weeds like crazy, so I would set a rod and dunk it and let the line go out without the clicker on because that annoys me, and then I would go and do something else like clear another line, and I would completely spool. You know the 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 entire
0: you, you would just like forget about it. And then like the, all the line on the reel is now behind you connected to the, bait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, and you do this on purpose. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I did it like five days in a row. The weeds were so bad. Uh, and I reeled it up the one time and I was like, God, there's so much muck and junk on this. And I was cleaning off the bait and I found that bloodworm on there, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to text this out. This is hilarious." I know mean, these bloodworms are like an inch long, if
0: that. I'm not going to go into the inside joke, but that is hilarious. hmm
1: Only took a major screw up uh, by me to,
0: to get that done. Right. Do you think I'm not? I'm not going into it any no. further. It's not no, worth our time. I do not think
1: <laughs> that the muskies are feeding on. Inchworms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So that's what's up with you. Yeah, that's what's going
1: on up here. Uh, you know, the new boat is is in. It's getting worked on uh, at Vic's, and uh, pretty stoked about that. Um,
0: Have you had any bites on your boat yet? Y- yes.
1: Do you think it's
0: going to happen before the exchange? Yes. Really? Do I know the person? Yes. Hmm. Is it a someone I know very well? No. Okay. I was going to say, did did we share pizza with this person in a hotel room?
1: (laughs) No. Okay.
0: No. No. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm, uh, I'm anxious for that. Uh, you know, not anxious. I mean, I'm excited to get the new boat, but you got to go through all the rigmarole again. I'm actually having Vix tow my boat out to a canvas company, and they're going to make an enclosure for me. Uh, and then I'm going to pick it up from there. That's how that's going to go down. But uh, you know, that's just another perk of Vix. They're driving this thing for me over to a canvas company and dropping the thing off. They're just
0: the best. So. Okay, so this is actually a really great segue. Um, we had a, a a listener ask some questions uh, to myself a few weeks back, and I'm going to kind of transition it here, even though this was not the smoothest. I just wanted to pat no, myself on was, the back.
1: <laughs> that's what I was. Tra- that's what I was trying to do.
0: You're a professional. I was trying to do that. Okay, yes. so what are you powering this one with?
1: Uh, my motor.
0: Like You're, on the boat, the new boat.
1: The new boat is coming with a 250 uh, Pro Xs Mercury
0: okay.
1: and a oh, crap, uh, a 15 horsepower kicker. That's actually a 20, but you can't like that's Ranger. Just hush hush on that.
0: Okay. Well, you just told like five trillion people. I know. Okay. Oh, (laughs) Uh, it's safe between you and me. Let's just say that much. But, um, going on with that. Okay. So when there was a time that Mercury had a more, I'd say a couple options on powering the big boat and, you know, the, the main motor, I should say right now, they kind of narrowed it down to essentially the same engine with just like different options you know that's the new V8, correct?
1: It is the new V8, yes.
0: It might only be a year or two old. Mm-hmm. And it used to be that you would have the Pro XS was an OptiMax, a, which was a two-stroke, which is a direct uh, high-pressure direct-inject two-stroke. And if you wanted a four-stroke in the big engine, it would be the Verado. Correct. And so you would be faced with an option. And, you know, you would then have to weigh the pros and cons. Now, those are two very different engines. And, you know, I would say that, you know, after you had your Verado, they just, for for the kickers, it makes it a little more difficult to run the kickers. But then...
1: Yeah, and I think Mercury was listening and paying attention to... Uh, kind of like inland fishermen, with with what was going on, and and uh, with the kickers. Essentially, the ver- so you had two options. You had this uh, Pro XS, which was a two-stroke, and then you had this Verado, a four-stroke. That was kind of your. That was the only two that you could pick from. If you were getting into bigger motors, right, two hundred. 175s, 150s, things like that. Um, And these four-strokes, their Verado line, would come with the electronic hydraulic steering. If you have a kicker with that, the kicker was not keeping up with the charge, with how much amps that the steering, when you would turn left and right, and if you had your big motor off, that kicker so alternator was not powerful enough to keep up with that steering so people would go dead on the water
0: yeah i'm going to clean that one up for you so <clears throat> the Thank you. the verado has like van says it's it's an electric- I
1: think i'm speaking to like people that have no idea about engines like i do
0: Okay. and then you can you can do the sophisticated thing. I mean, you, you hit it pretty good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up a little bit neater. So the steering on a Verado is hydraulic steering, but it's power steering, and it's powered by an electric motor that's running a pump, and this motor runs like the whole time, and it draws a lot of amperage. So if you were running the main motor, it has a, a electronic charging system that is you know takes in consideration the amount of uh, amp draw that this system runs. Now, when you put a kicker on next to it that might put out, you know, maybe 6, 8, 10, 15 amps, that isn't enough charging to keep the steering happy. So in order for the steering to work, it's going to be pulling juice from your battery. You're taking more out of the bank than you're depositing. So eventually you're going to run out of money. To really boil it down, so that was always kind of a problem. So one one way to combat that was people would start stacking batteries in just to have that extra reserve. Me, yes, Vance is a prime example. That was like the major, like the major kick in the teeth with a Verado because I'll be honest, Vance, your your Verado was the smoothest engine I've ever I've ever driven, I've ever been in. Uh, next to, it was smooth as silk. And it that thing had, it, it'd kick it in the pants.
1: I I, I agree completely. I love that engine. I mean, it was super fast. It was super quiet. It was amazing how you could troll down to low RPMs. And I never had a problem with with anything on the engine. It was just all in electric.
0: Uh... Electronics.
1: Yep, that's it. The engine was freaking sweet. Remember when we, I mean, we would troll for walleye on it?
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, we could That's whisper sweet, exactly. and, and still like the the P stream was three times as loud as the engine. Yeah, super it, neat. It was it was great, you know. But it has it had that flaw with it. If you wanted to run a kicker, but since on your Alumacraft you didn't have a kicker, so just run it, you know. Yep. run the big just engine. Run. So it, you had some complicated choices. Do you want to run a two-stroke, which there's nothing those Optimaxes were great engines. You know, so you you're like, well, I do I and and, and in the back of your mind you're like, well, what's going to troll better, a two-stroke or a four-stroke? And you know, naturally you'd want to lean towards the four-stroke. The the two-strokes, those were like I said, those were great engines.
1: People still love the two-stroke. I, I, you know, and, and, and there's people that are still kind of like, now that Mercury's doing this, they're just like, I don't, you know, I don't want that pro excess. I want my old
0: two stroke. Yeah, they're buckling down on, on what, you know, cause to me, that's like, kind of the thing is like, when you start up old memories, you start up a boat, you want that plume of smoke. You smell it, that knocky two stroke sound, you know, it, that's kind of like, this is a boat. But I'm going to tell you what, when you hit that key on them four strokes and it's just like beep, vroom, and yeah. it's, it's like a car sitting there. You're like, man, that's not what I remember, but this ain't too bad.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. But on these on these new uh, inline-8s, the Pro XS, or V8s, yeah, they sound like incredible when you turn the key. I don't think you've you got to hear one
0: yet. I, I've heard... Let's see. I've heard them online. I've I got to touch one of the first ones that Vic sold. Okay. Um, I'm not going to use names, but a, a local guy who I told him to take a look at in 1880. He got the 200 V8 on it, the Pro XS, mm-hmm. and it was at my house. And it it looks mean. And
1: it's 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 really cool sounding. I mean, that's just you know little little things. It's
0: muscle car like. It, it, it has is. a hint of it, a little throaty V8. It does. Very cool. So I mean that that's interesting there. Um, so we
1: were ta- we were talking about you had we had these we had the two two options you had a two-stroker you had these Verados
0: right right and I'm I'm trying to tie these together but it's going to actually be better to just kind of go with the discontinued inline supercharged Verados in these new. Pro XS, four strokes, these V8s, because this, this kind of fits very well. So the, the, I'm, I'll just phrase the question out there instead of trying to beat around the bush. So the question is, and this, this goes for Marine engines and, and like pickup trucks, towing vehicles with the options you have available now, and this fits better in tow vehicles and than, than outboards, but I'm going to keep it to outboards because I can relay something pretty decent here. Um, how do you choose the engine? So you have a V8 on the new Pro XS. And I'm going to pick on the old discontinued Verado, the inline. You have a straight six uh, virado that's supercharged. And the Verado has smaller displacement. It's a smaller engine in terms of actual piston volume size compared to the V8. And so let's just say we're dealing with the two fifties here. So you have a inline six, that's just, you know, maybe a couple liters and then you've got, I don't know. I don't even know what the displacement is on the other one. Let's just call it a four liter, four liter or four, two V eight, four, five, whatever a motor. That's, I don't know, 50% bigger. I'm using general terms. It has more cylinders. It's just more, you know, I'd say old school horsepower. You're running off of just metal on metal, with the new motor, or you go with the supercharged, which Vance, you know what a supercharger does? Eh. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's not a yes. Um, Vroom. Yes, it, that's exactly it. So, <laughs> so there is like naturally aspired engines, which use the motor to bring in its own air supply. Generally, comes through a filter, and then it goes into the combustion chamber, which it mixes with atomized fuel. Under compression, it sparks, makes your power stroke. You can get more power out of an engine if you can somehow ram more air into that spot. More air contains more, you know, more air equals more oxygen. And oxygen is what, you know, what makes it go kaboom much better. So if you can jam more oxygen in there, you're going to get a better bang. Um, So there's two good ways of doing it. One is with a turbo and one was with a supercharger. So a turbo is run off the exhaust. The exhaust spins this turbine just from the motor running. And it actually is like, for lack of a term, it's a fan that pushes more air Into the motor. And you can hear. um, You've probably heard of turbo lag. That means the motor needs to like. Get more RPM in order to get the exhaust. To get this this fan. To spin fast enough to force this air in. That is. On these EcoBoost Fords. They'll have twin turbos. They're getting a lot of horsepower. Out of a small engine. Because they're able to. I I, want to use the word efficiency, but that might not be the best word. Put a lot of air into the engine, get more power, bang. And you can do it with a smaller engine. The other way is with a supercharger. Supercharger is driven off of a belt off of the crank. So you're not waiting for a turbo to, to, to wind up. And that's what the Verado has or the old Verado had in that, the motor's already spinning and it's already, you know, has the turbo engaged, not the turbo, the supercharger engaged, and it can, it can provide boost into the motor. And that's how that Verado was able to make so much power out of a small engine. So why do I bring this up? So I bring this up because if you have an option, do you get the more sophisticated smaller engine for your boat or do you get a more simplified but bigger engine more cylinders or what have you on the other hand like vance i i don't know if you have an opinion on this but i'm gonna throw this one to you which one (laughs) would you choose
1: um the faster one The faster one.
0: (laughs) You know, so all things being equal, 250 horse should be 250 horse. Right. And outboards aren't a very good example of this, but I'm going to try my best here. So if you have a smaller displacement engine, that means your pistons are smaller. And you are going to get... Every time there's a power stroke, that's when there's like the motor, you know, has ignition and it blows up and it it forces that crank to start spinning some more, you know, gives it the power. By having a smaller piston, you're going to have a smaller bang in general terms. And by having those smaller bangs, you can generally lighten up some of the drivetrain. Whereas if you had, and and this is a horrible example now that I'm thinking about it, uh, because I'm dealing with gear cases that are exactly the same between the Verado and the Pro XS. Um, Let's get this even more confusing. Screw this. I'm going to jump to motorcycles. Honda made an inline six, (laughs) an old, old school inline six, and it wasn't a very big engine uh, cubic centimeter wise let's just say it was 600. I I don't know what it is, but it was an inline six. And because it had six cylinders with a relatively small displacement, it would produce whatever. Let's just say 30 horsepower. I'm making this up. That 30 horsepower would come in little baby duck bite increments. Because those explosions were so small, they could lighten up the, the transmission because it wasn't taking let's just say a competitor had a single cylinder of the same size. When that thing had a power stroke, it was, it was just like Mike Tyson punching you. So you have to have a drivetrain that can handle that kind of force. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Whereas if you just had, I don't know, a bunch of kid, kindergartners punching you, you don't, you don't need to be as robust. It's just going and you could lighten some stuff up. Now, that that's a better example than what I was trying to go with these outboards, because you're still going to run like a four and three quarter gear case on both of those because that's a standard. But that's kind of the things that you can get into is while you still have the horsepower, you can lighten things up in other places that don't need to be as overly built. And this is not clearing up any confusion for anybody right now. So I am completely lost. lost. I know that. I
1: know that. I know that they're coming out with more horsepower and making everything lighter. I know that.
0: Yeah, they're doing that. I mean, they're, they're coming up with efficiency. So you get a super. How
1: about in, in trucks or something?
0: Okay. In truck,
1: truck engines,
0: truck engines. So
1: they make like eco, eco boosts, like sixes. And then they make, you know, like in mine, I have a a fifteen hundred um, Dodge, and it's got the whatever five seven Hemi or whatever the heck it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another version that has like a six cylinder EcoBoost.
0: Yeah, so more or less, I I can't speak for for a lot of trucks, like realistically, but just because there's just, they're changing things so much. So what you're dealing with here is like okay, so you're going to go pick a motor. And you can pick a, a V six, maybe a supercharger a turbo V six, you could then pick a V eight, maybe two or three V eights and then a diesel, and you're like, okay, what am I gonna choose? What what do I value the most? And of course the manufacturers like, well, you can get this big V eight and it has fuel cylinder shut you know, cylinder shutdown on this and you're gonna get twenty four miles per gallon. It a lot of that stuff I don't wanna say is gimmicky because we just bought a car that, that has cylinders shut down and it's, mm-hmm. it's great. But, you know, some of the stuff that I would look at. So if I walk into a truck dealership, I'm looking for a new tow vehicle. I probably would not go for the smallest engine available. Now, I would look to see what its capacities are, but I got a feeling that its capacities are equal to the truck I currently own, but I want a better towing vehicle. I probably wouldn't go to the big giant big block because I'm not towing a you know a twelve thousand pound trailer with skid steers and minis on it. Mm-hmm. I would tailor it to what I'm doing, and I guess for lack of a better word, I would pick like I need something that can do this and possibly go the next shade up if there's like if it's in between motors, I would sooner go to the more powerful motor or you know, it's one of those, it's like, well, this V6 that's turboed pulls just as good as this V8 capacity wise. I'd probably still, if it was splitting hairs, I'd probably go to the simpler of the two engines. As long as I'm not giving up like significant gas mileage, because not everyone tows trailers like you, Vance. Yeah. I I tow trailers halfway, not very often. Yeah. So I can give up a little bit of power just knowing that I'm going to go slow. I might pull a trailer for a couple hundred miles a year. So, you know, at that point, I, 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 you got to kind of weigh that one out. But for like you, that your boat's hooked up 24 seven for five months you kind of already know that you're going to suck on the gas.
1: Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think regardless of whatever truck you're in or whatever engine you have, I think towing a boat just completely kills it. I think going over 60 mile an hour kills it, you know, it with, with or without a boat and in, in, in these trucks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so, I mean, if you have a truck and you're looking for gas mileage and you're not using it as like a utility vehicle, how they're supposed to be uh don't get one you
0: know, yeah
1: it's... I think like i I get like i have about like five miles to the to the boat ramp mhm, and I think i'm getting i don't even know how much I'm telling. Like maybe like five thousand pounds or something. Does that sound right?
0: That seems. I'd say you're in the realm of that. That that doesn't seem too far off.
1: I think it's I think it's like five or something. I get like ten miles a gallon.
0: So you're burning a gallon of gas every day in your truck.
1: Uh, maybe yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so five miles there, five miles back. Yes. Um. You know if I got some type of like cylinder shut down or like eco boost, I think it would still suck.
0: In your case, it would because it wouldn't shut off the cylinders pulling of load. Yeah. And, you know, and then if you had, you know, even still, I mean, if you had some kind of turbo going on with it, it really isn't going to change it. I mean, where it might change if you got some, you know, really cool diesel where diesel just doesn't care as much if you have a load compared to gasoline okay um and at that point you know so essentially what it comes down to is that you know there's there's no magic bullet when it comes to this it's going to take x amount of energy to move what you're sitting in and what's behind you x amount of feet and there really hasn't i mean there's there's been advances in technology to make cars more efficient. I want When I was in college, I had a physics professor that said the most fuel-efficient car on the road was something like 20% efficient, which is horrible. And what that means is, out of a pound of gasoline, okay, so a pound of gasoline, essentially three ounces of, of that gasoline... Rounding numbers is actually used to make you move forward. The rest of that gasoline is put into heat. Gasoline's more efficient at producing heat than driving a car.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just in in, it, in 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 the reciprocating engines that we have right now. So, but that was at that time. Gosh, that might have been two thousand and three, two thousand and four. I think things may have gotten a little bit better. I'm hoping it, it still might not be. So, you know, you, you go and get yourself a diesel and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're pulling at 18 to 22 miles per gallon, but now you're paying more at the pump. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 there's a trade off there. And, you know, we, we've, we've discussed this. I'm going to now jump subjects again. You know, You could heat your house with gas. You could heat your house with electric. You could heat your house with wood. In the end, if all things are the same, you're going to be paying roughly, roughly, the same amount to keep your house heated for a year. I mean, some might be more efficient than the others, whatever. But in the end, there's just no free ride. There's no like, oh, it's just if I do this, all of a sudden I'm going to be getting... Super gas mileage, I can burn the tires off shifting into second gear, and I never have to put gas in the tank. So it 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 just that's what it is is to move the load that you have is going to take so much energy. And that's Mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to. So then pick a motor that you feel comfortable with. If you get a if you pick a motor that makes, you know, 700 horsepower and it's going to get eight miles to the gallon well it's probably going to get eight miles to the gallon whether you have your boat on or not is that a price you know is it worth it that much to you to get that all the time or is it worth it for you to get a truck that gets 20 to 24 but you're going to drop it right down to 12 miles to the gallon when you're pulling your boat maybe eight miles to the gallon if it's really bad and how you drive but you don't pull it that much so it's more beneficial for you when you you don't drive bad well i have seen you run over mailboxes really (laughs) maybe not run them over but you're oh my gosh
1: yeah i forgot about that what the heck was that all about
0: (laughs) you weren't paying attention backing on a very narrow street (laughs) Oh my god! I've seen you go the wrong I way, reversing that. on an on-ramp onto the highway. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs>
1: oh man! So That's beautiful. I forgot about all that stuff.
0: I, I, how could I, I crushed have crushed yeah. <laughs>
1: And took off.
0: You're like, we got to get out of here. I was like, like oh, Grand shit, Theft dude. Auto style.
1: I crushed that mailbox. Oh man. So
0: but I guess that's really what it's coming down to is pick a motor you're comfortable with. If you if you're a gadget guy like me, I might tend to those I don't want to say gimmicky things, but I like that stuff. And I'm allowed to because I geek out on that crap. If you're just like a bare bones, let's put gas in it and go, pick one of them, you know, one of them smaller V eights. One you know, going to a large V eight. My dad has a big giant truck. He's had big giant trucks my whole life, you know, big one tons. I mean, he, he, he pulls heavy trailers once or twice a year, but you kind of need a big heavy truck to pull a big heavy trailer.
1: He pulled me out of a ditch once. I'm glad he had that.
0: Yes. What were you wearing on your feet?
1: Uh, sandals.
0: And it was your favorite season winter.
1: Yeah. Very good.
0: Okay. And you, wait, you just questioned me on your driving? you said My I driving was great. My He pulled driving me out
1: record. of a ditch. My driving is great. My driving record is great. I took me on some, you know, back roads, country nothingness, and I hit black ice.
0: And you fell into essentially the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. Yeah. Very near.
1: Oh, yeah. My driving's great. How about that move when I almost knocked the donut out of your hand? Oh, God, yeah.
0: <laughs> donut. <laughs> we were leaving. That was musky road rules in Butler. I'm about to, like, eat this, like, little Debbie thing, and Vance just tromps on it and, like, smears into my face and stuff. You said Jesus. <laughs> I really wanted to bite that donut in peace. <laughs> I saw
1: an opening I had to have it, dude. Like I, a running back.
0: That's right. But okay, so getting back to like how your decision is, and this goes against the outboards and all that stuff. I tried to like break down all my history of all this stuff. I think I confused the matter more. But kind of just pick what your common use is. Yeah, it's cool to be able to, you know, jackrabbit at stop lights, you know, against some old, you know, worn out muscle car pulling your boat yeah that's fun it's not practical and you know just pick something that's practical to maybe slightly not practical and you'll still feel like you're in your 20s and you're invincible good
1: lord well said
0: yeah i i just hope that what i was trying to say with like the drivetrain and what have you i guess i'll go a little bit more let's oh, i'm gonna yeah, go more because please.
1: i mean i'm i'm right here i know you're following along. up what you're I'm picking up what you're putting down brother
0: okay I'm gonna pick on uh what's that Toyota car that's the hybrid uh Prius that's, okay early yeah. Priuses and now it's been a while since I actually looked at this when they came out with that hybrid Prius you know I looked at it and like I think you could have got the Prius or something in like a not hybrid or something I I this is going years years ago 10 plus years ago and I'm like, okay, cool. It was
1: just electric?
0: No, I think it was like a really small gas or something like that. I, I, there, there was a model car that was a really small gas engine or a hybrid. And the hybrid got, I don't know, let's just say eight miles more to the gallon. And something that I just looked at and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So what I'm getting at here, and I don't, I shouldn't have even picked the specific car because I was probably wrong with that, was... The hybrid version was, I'm going to use a number, $4,500 more than the non-hybrid version. And let's just say it got 40 miles to the gallon, the hybrid, versus 30 or something like that. And I worked it out over the length of the car, owning the car. You would pretty much use $4,500 in fuel extra by getting the non hybrid than the hybrid. So it would take you the life of the car to pretty much break even with owning the hybrid. Because you would use yeah, that much but, more fuel.
1: But and, it was better for the planet, right?
0: Well, I don't know. You start looking at these lithium mines, you one one could one could question. And that was the other thing. Like I had heard, and this came from a physics professor again. A lot of this stuff that I learned of uh at least my my basis information was from physics professors and my engineering professors in, in high in high school in college. And they were saying that the amount of uh greenhouse gases released in making those batteries for these hybrids would would put off, you know, more than just actually running the non hybrid version. Because it it takes energy to make these batteries, is that the case today? I can't tell you one way or the other. But that was what was said to me when I was in college, from 2002 to 2006 ish, seven ish. I have a lot of stuff under my belt, and I part timed it for a very long time. Um, how about those?
1: How about those hybrid cars and having car seats in the back? that's good for the carbon footprint yes
0: yes i i think something doug stanhope did a a bit about uh going green i'm not going to go into it um it's not very uh it's it, it's more rated r than it is pg-13 but you could do like google search doug stanhope and like going green um something I, I wish I should look more into it. I wasn't expecting to talk about Stanhope right now, but, um, anyways, it like your carbon footprint increases like 40, 40 times as soon as you have a child. So it's, it's just one of Very those funny. He, he had, he has a, a solution to uh save the planet. And so if
1: you see somebody and it essentially broke down, if you see somebody in one of these Priuses with a car seat, they're a complete hypocrite
0: pretty much if your number one was to save the planet which the planet doesn't need saved more or less because you know we're putting it as what we feel it should be the planet does not care like a giant asteroid or volcano comes and wipes us out the planet literally does not care so yeah anyways not to get back into the into the dumps but so you want to look at if you're looking at a truck with cylinder shutdown and it costs you X amount of dollars more, you may want to consider how much more fuel is that going to be beneficial. If you say, I run so much fuel through this truck that it will pay for itself in the fuel savings in say two years or three years. And you plan on owning the truck for six, seven, eight years. That's a good buy. But if you're like, well, I put 4,000 miles a year on this truck, you're never going to recoup it. If it's, you know, several thousand dollars more to get an extra four or five miles to the gallon. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, I want to make sure that I boil that very,
1: down. Very, very simply said.
0: You know, just some things to look at with your options on tow vehicles. And, you know, it doesn't relate so much anymore to outboards because, like, Mercury kind of just really... Tidied it up in a package they have their v8s for their what is the v8 is 175 up to 450 now or something mm-hmm. you know so they kind of running the same block on everything
1: how crazy is it though with
0: no they're 200s they have the, they have a v6 that's that's 175 and 200
1: how about but i used to if i would troll all day with that verado it would say a thousand to twelve hundred rpms I would go through like four to five gallons of gas. Okay. And remember my kicker was down. Yeah. And we put the, got the lower unit back on the kicker and stuff. So I was trolling with the big motor Mm -hmm. and I was going through like 13 to 15 gallons of gas a day with the runs and the trolling.
0: What were you, was that four gallons of gas with that Verado with the runs or just trolling? Like with the runs.
1: It was incredibly efficient.
0: That that seems like a big
1: gap. It was a huge gap, but I remember doing it because I, I was in...
0: Were you doing your 13-hour days?
1: I I did it in, in Canada, and uh, I had a smart craft with it. Remember that?
0: Yeah, the smart craft gauges.
1: Yeah, so it would tell me, like, if I did, like, a 10-hour trolling day, it would be like, yeah, five gallons gone. I'm like wow.
0: So what? You're burning a half gallon of gas an hour.
1: It was that efficient. It was a sipper, man.
0: Yeah, that was a, That was a little inline four, two hundred. Now you're on a V six, two twenty five.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I'll be, and then a couple months I'll be on a whatever V eight, two fifty.
0: Yeah, I bet you. You know that some of that might have to do with you're not dealing apples to apples with with your boats, right? Your Lumacraft probably weighed, I'd say, guessing, weighed less than your Ranger. Way less. Yeah, and there might also be something to do with the fiberglass versus the aluminum. You're going to be sitting up a little higher in the aluminum, and mm-hmm. with that, your What's what? What I call displacement speed, which is a non-planing speed, is probably going to be less because you have less boat in the water to have to move the water with the hull. True, um, but I mean, still, that's that's a big gap if you're going from thirteen to now. Are you doing a lot more running? You know, comparatively speaking, when you were in Canada versus Chautauqua. Mm, uh,
1: no, not at that particular time. You know. I'd say I did an eight mile run and then I trolled all day. Up here it would be like thirteen to fifteen. Canada I would drop and just troll.
0: Okay, so I mean that run is probably eating it up. I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that your two hundred was was better. You know four or five gallons a day. I think that if you did something comparative, you know you took this boat up and you did the exact same thing, it wouldn't surprise me if you were, you know six seven. Gallons, you know, I, I could see it using more, but yeah, it's also, you know, it, it's tough to compare that stuff, yeah. But I, I mean, certainly
1: learned a lesson, especially yeah. when I ran out of gas
0: <laughs> and you had to run on electrons back, yep.
1: <laughs> Interesting stuff, neat, uh, I don't know, Pro, pros and cons to everything, you know.
0: Yeah, there's no free lunch. You're not going to get the most powerful, fuel efficient thing out there. Pick what is important to you and just know that you know, you're either going to give up a whole shot and top speed, you know, for the sake of fuel economy. Oh god, I could even talk about that, but I'm not I'm not going to break down how you can save fuel by going to a bigger engine in some cases as long as you're not silly with it unless you want me to. Um you're you're Ranger. wore out. I don't care. Okay. I'm gonna talk about that real quick. So and I'm gonna I'm gonna revert back to my old boat. My old boat was a Ranger six eighty one. It came when I bought it, it had a seventy horse Johnson on it. And for me to wide open, I was like thirty three, thirty four miles per hour. I repowered it a one fifteen uh Johnson at that speed. I feel, I can't prove these were carbureted engines. I didn't have any real, you know, anything to analyze fuel usage other than just me, like like seat of the pants kind of thing. Even though I had a bigger, more powerful engine, when I would be at 33 miles an hour with the 115, I felt I was more efficient than my 70, which was a smaller inline three, at wide open throttle. I feel I was dumping more unburnt fuel out into the lake and getting worse gas mileage than with my 115 not working as hard. And by not working as hard as, so I might be at 5,500 RPM on that 70. I'm at like 3,600, 3,500 with the 115. I'm spinning less RPMs. My motor's bigger, but I'm just, I'm not having it break a sweat. Whereas my 70 was, it was everything it could do to get, you know, to keep me there. And Mm -hmm. I bet you nowadays you could kind of get that figured out better with the computers and stuff. But that's some other stuff that you want to look at is powering your boat correctly will save you fuel, you know, will save you gas. You will also get more top speed. So I'm not going to say that my 115 was better on fuel because Vance, you can explain to them as you have in the past it wasn't stick it at thirty miles an hour. It was yeehaw, let's go. Yeah, and that's where you don't you don't save money. Just like when someone says, "Remember when gas was like creeping four low four dollars a gallon?" And all these yeah. people were like, "I'm buying a motorcycle." And I had friends that like, "I'm getting a motorcycle." Those things get like fifty miles to the gallon. And I told them because I put, oh god, I put fifteen plus thousand miles on a motorcycle in one summer. I said, yeah, that's great. If all you're doing is driving to work and back, you will save fuel. You're not going to pay for the motorcycle in fuel savings. And the other thing is, you're going to drive it for pleasure. So at that point, it's just essentially wasting more gas. So while in theory it will save you fuel, you're going to then treat it as a toy and burn more gas. Anyway. There's, always,
1: there's always a row, rowboat, and your feet. I will save. That's your free lunch.
0: Yeah. Yes. Other than that, you're going to spend money. Yeah. No free lunch. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if I made this show interesting. I could have really put a
1: downer on it. I think it was interesting. Well,
0: at least one person's halfway dishonest right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man
0: yeah i should have probably tried to collect my thoughts a little bit better on that one i was going all over the place
1: yeah you know that's generally and like you know show prep get ready for what you talk about and and all that but
0: hey didn't you just say you got off the water mr professional
1: i was ready (laughs)
0: <laughs> you had to call me back <laughs> hey give me 10 minutes i'll call you back <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah.
1: oh man like my, my lights my uh freaking uh the lights on on my boat were all jacked up tonight i don't know what the heck was going on so like coming in really uh nervous that i was going to get pulled over because i didn't have that uh what's it called not a stern light
0: you know, the anchor light
1: yeah the anchor light was malfunctioning
0: did you jiggle it
1: i jiggled it and then i hit it with a uh connection cleaner okay it works it works perfect now yeah, there's just a little, little bit of
0: crap on it well and, and that's like the standard for all boats like it, it's it's like one in ten when you jam your anchor light in and you turn it on does it actually turn on it requires you to put it in, walk up, flip the switch, walk back, give it a jiggle, and it just mm-hmm. seems to magically come on.
1: Yeah, that's essentially what was going on. You know, there's so much vibration and crap like that; It's stuff wiggles loose and water gets in there, and you know, that's just what it is. The nice thing about the Rangers, like your uh, starboard and port light are built in, so you just flick them on. You know, you don't have to. Threw what, anything down.
0: Yeah, what Vance is saying is his are actually mounted in the in the front on the hull, just there. There's there's no light to put on. You just flip the switch. Yeah,
1: which there's no getting getting around that anchor light
0: though. No, there is, and that thing's a pain in the butt when you're trolling.
1: It certainly is, and and we had a fish uh, hit, like on that side. That was just terrible.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I, gosh, my, my bow light, I just leave that in. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that have to go put it, you know, in the receptacle and mm-hmm. um, I just leave mine in. Cause it's kind of is hidden right around my Tarova and I haven't really had a need to take it out. So I just leave that one in. So I feel like I'm like Vance and that I don't have to mess with it. Yeah. There you go. Leave it in. I'm trying to be like you. Anyways, get in, get in line. Let, let's let's wrap this this just dumpster fire up. Yeah. All right. Big thanks, Fat Easy Musky Products, FatEasyMusky dot com. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, MC Fishing Guides dot Saint Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Musky Max. The big Pennsylvania show is going to come early March. Hope to see you guys there. It's going to be September. It's coming up quick. I know it's like six months away, but, you know, we're past, we're over the hump. So keep that marked on your calendars. Muskies Inc. Become a member. Be a part of your local chapter. You know, get in there, get your hands dirty, and make the good old days of muskie fishing, which we're living in, even better for the next generation. Vix Marine Sports Center. That's where you can buy Ranger boats. That's where Vance has gotten two Ranger boats. Van, uh, Todd has gotten one. I've had two Ranger boats, but neither of them came from Vix because I had to buy them from people because I like the older versions personally. Oh, I yeah. know. Like a fine wine. That's right. And it feels like I'm missing one.
1: San Rods Baker Bates.
0: there we go. That was it. Baker Bates. Where can you find Baker Bates right now?
1: Man, They're tough to come by. There's a lot of flippers out there. You could do it on there, you know on the on the Facebook auctions, things like that. Get a hold of Zach and you know, message him on Facebook. Put an order in They'll get you taken care of,
0: yeah. Excellent. All right. I think this I think is aptly named Dumpster Fire. Well done. All right. Perfect. All right, thanks for listening. Good luck fishing.